Welcome to the ins and outs of selling a business featuring Keith D, a presentation of Osage Advisors. Well, welcome back, everyone. As usual, this is your host, David Yaz of the Boston Podcast Network, alongside, at least virtually, as usual, Keith D, CEO and founder of Osage Advisors. And today, well, you know what? We'll tell you about the topic in a minute. We got to do a check-in here because it's the first show of 2021. Keith, how's your year going so far? So, Dave, is uh, the year over yet? It's yeah. been a, let's say, a couple of, it's a couple of weeks and uh, there's a lot going on, obviously, with the uh, economy and the pandemic and business. And so we're off to a rousing start. Very excited about 2021, looking putting 2020 way back in the mirror behind us and excited for the prospects. Very good. And I understand we were chatting before we started recording about how you remain busy and have remained busy. It it must be a blessing because there are other parts of the business world that have, that are still kind of stymied by the pandemic, but doesn't seem to be hindering your clients from getting in touch with you. No, actually, we're, we've never had so many inquiries in a historic basis that we have right now regarding our, our services. Uh, a lot of owners, especially our clients who are potential clients who are older, have uh, reached a conclusion that's a very difficult time for all of us in 2020 that they didn't need to make a move with their company. So they've been contacting us. So the phones have been ringing, Zoom has been Zooming, and we're all of us at Osage is very busy right now, which is your knock on what is a blessing, and we'll hope it continues. Absolutely. And we encourage you to check out all of the components of this series that Keith has compiled. You can go to Apple Podcasts and just search for the ins and outs of selling a business or go to pod617.com for the whole library. And of course, they're all available on osageadvisors.com. So today's topic is things that can slow down, hinder, or even kill a deal. So you, we've heard about valuing a business. We've heard about the relationship building and, and the role that your firm has in constructing a deal, but obviously there are things that will slow it down. So where should we begin on this? What's the first thing our listeners should know about pitfalls to a deal? Well, I think the, the key thing here is preparation. You go through a process, you come down to the line, uh, you met with multiple parties, you've negotiated you get the LOI in front of you that meets your goals and objectives and you sign it. And so now it's the real work begins. And the fact is that if you're not properly prepared for what they call this due diligence period and it drags on, things could pop up that could sidetrack the deal or even kill the deal. Mm-hmm. And as we say to owners, when we first talk to them, is that time is not your friend. Once they sign that letter of intent, time is not your friend. You need to expedite, move quickly with your professionals towards a close. So time kills all deals if you're not careful. So you're just saying even after the letter of intent phase, you would think that both parties might sort of relax and that they've reached an agreement on the terms. But you're, you're saying that despite that fact, that the time is your enemy, it can be anyway. Yeah, that's, that's correct. And let me give you a couple of things that happen. So sure. we, we do through uh, initial conversations with our clients, we kind of go through a checklist of things to think about. Quality financial statements, the personnel, the customers, 
uh, on and on. And one of the areas that we, we focus on things that could possibly cause a pitfall transaction that needs to be addressed. For example, you know, no one wants to spend money they don't need to spend. So you know, we do a lot of manufacturing clients. And one thing we talk about is uh, the environmental. That's a, a key consideration for any buyer. So when's the last time you had a phase one? When's the last time you had phase two? Is the property clean? Is there any issues? Well, we had a phase one when we refinanced the building like 10 years ago. And so we tend to bring up to our clients, well, you may want to consider updating that. Now for those, Keith, I'm sorry, but for those that might not know, phase one is an environmental study conducted by whom? So, it's, so environmental study of the property, make sure that it's clean or within guidelines of state and federal regulations, typically conducted by a consultant, third okay. party, engineering yep. firm. They specialize in environmental. Thank you for the clarification there. Yep. So, so what happens here is that those things are not done overnight, right? You order environmental, you call the consultant, they come in, they look at the prior history. It could be four, six weeks, mm-hmm. even longer, depending on how busy they are before they can get in there. Mm-hmm. And depending on the findings of a phase one, which is an initial study, they may require additional work, which is called a phase two, which means you that's when you start having to you know, dig holes, test wells, and really look at a property. So what does that mean? It drags on, extends the timeline for a transaction. So you have, there's, so what, things could happen during that timeline where it's extended. One, you get a tough, you get an environmental study comes back and find something, right? Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to know that up front from our client's perspective before they before they got to this point. And of course, the bar is going to want to know about it. Now, there's ways of working around it. You got good attorneys on both sides. We'll find a solution on the environmental. But if something like that were to happen, and, and so the time is dragged on through the due diligence phase, Say you want to close in 60 days. Now you're looking at 120 days because you need these reports back. Something could happen from your perspective or the buyer perspective that could either could possibly kill the deal outside your control. And something unrelated to environmental concerns, you're saying. Completely Just, unrelated. Yeah. For example, a key customer decides that they're going to drop their business with you by 40%, right? That's happened. Mm-hmm. Right, a customer that decides they're not going to use it anymore, that ha- that comes after closing, way into it, things that you know were not anticipated, no one thought about, needs to be. And then all opens up another so so can of worms you got to deal with. From a buyer perspective, I'll give you an example. So, from a buyer perspective, we were dealing with a client a couple years ago, and we were waiting on environmental to come back, and we had suggested to our client that they do that work during the sales process, Get it, spend the money up to date before. So you're prepared. So you don't want any unknowns. what's going on. So you can, you prepared to provide the information to the buyer. So they didn't, they decided it was their decision. They decided to wait. So we're st- going through the environmentals. Of course, something came up, mm-hmm. right? Which we alerted the buyer to and said, okay, fine. Now you go on to the next phase, which is, let's see what else happens. Well, during that time, the buyer, which is a public company, got an unsolicited offer for their business, mm-hmm. right? That offer came in a week after we closed. If, if it had come in a week before we closed, this deal would have been put on hold. Mm-hmm. And my client would have gone through all this expense, legal, accounting, environmental costs, et cetera. And we would have been sitting out there. So that's a situation where planning, 
spending a little money up front, being prepared for that due diligence period is going to be critical from a seller perspective and a buyer perspective. It, it sounds like in that example, the client was lucky to have you minding. So is that part of your role to mind that checklist to avoid timing snafus like the one you described? It's a critical part of our checklist. We're always trying to look at a transaction from both sides. We're representing a seller. He or she's our client. We're their advocate, but we tried to give them a full perspective. The things that could trip up the deal from a buyer perspective that could possibly happen. Think about it. Let's forget the environmentals. Think about anything that could possibly happen. Say there's a, you're negotiating an employment agreement with a key employee of the buyer and it's not going well, right? They brought their attorney in, meaning the key employee. Their interests have not aligned with the owner. Uh, so it's kind of dragging along. Boom, right? The, the pandemic hits. You know, everything is put on the sidelines. So you know, how do you deal with that from a from a seller perspective? Well, I don't really want to tell my people I'm selling the company, which we can appreciate, right? But there's a time when you need to bring in your key people because that's the reason the buyer is going to continue on with this business. Is your key management is going to be a long-term valued asset to the buyer to help grow it to the next level. So one of the things that we typically look to introduce as a concept to our clients is retain stay bonuses, retain agreements with my key people that, hey, this deal gets done and I'm going to value your service and we're going to pay you a stay bonus based on two factors. One, we want you to continue on with the business. We want you to afford yourself the opportunity to see how you like it, how you like working with the new ownership. And two, we're going to reward you for staying on, for for your past service. What's the typical length of a a stay bonus, stay on bonus? Well, usually about a year. It gets paid and they vary. We've had clients that take their four top people and they pay them all the same amount. Mm -hmm. We've had, we've had clients that will, depending on the, where they sit in the quote organizational chart, what they would be, how they would pay them out. But it's again, it's appreciation for their service, reward for their past service. And, and also that it gives them the opportunity to move forward with the new ownership. Don't forget, this is you typically family businesses. And some of these people, most of these people, the general manager, the head of sales, et cetera, have probably been with that business for anywhere from 10 to 20 years. This has been their second family. So for them, the trans, it's a big transition for them as well. So from an owner perspective, he or she's ready to sell and they want to move forward, but you can't forget about the other pieces. And a critical other piece is your management team. Because most of the companies we work with, they don't have six or seven layers of management. They have layer of management, and then it gets down to the employee layer of management, and it kind of drags along during due diligence. Things can happen. Mm-hmm. Again, the things we talked about. You could have a downturn in business. You can have, unfortunately, a pandemic. The buyer could get distracted. And most likely it's the buyer gets distracted because it's dragging along and they start focusing on other things, not staying focused on the deal. And what ends up happening is the attention to details become a little fuzzy. 
And so this thing that was going to close in 60 days, now we're talking 90 days, now we're talking 120 days. That's a lot. Now, everybody talks about, okay, why do deals don't get done or get delayed? It's like, uh, okay, you don't financial performance. The company doesn't deliver what they said they're going to deliver on. Or the owners get remorse, sell remorse. They said top two reasons seller deals don't get done, which is true. But as you go deeper into a deal and more time goes on, it's also very emotional. So the seller starts getting a little more, let's say, concerned, upset about certain things that may not have bothered him 30 days ago. It's kind of called like we call in a trade deal fatigue. They're exhausted. Why am I even doing this anymore? And those are the type of things you need to avoid through a transaction. So our job, what we try to do is we're with our clients shoulder to shoulder through the due diligence period. That's the most critical phase of a transaction. Clients listening to their concerns, voicing their concerns to the buyers in a a matter that we deliver, like we need to talk about this. How are we going to handle this? Here's how we want to handle this. We'll go by, you know, on and on. But we're making sure, okay, has your attorney reviewed the documents yet? Have you come back with the comments, right? When are you going to start the financial due diligence? When are you going to complete that? What are the target dates? We try to set a project schedule. So everyone's working in line. Everyone's working together. Everyone's working in one cohesive unit to get the deal done. And if you don't do that, if someone's not kind of like quarterbacking and pushing along, it could wallow and things could happen. And, and, and the number, as I said earlier, one of the things that happens is the seller starts getting upset and our clients get upset and we're managing all that emotional aspect of this transaction in the background, letting them speak their mind to us and then translate that in a way to deliver to the buyer, like, hey, we need to do this. Well, how are we going to move this along? Those type of things. So, you know, those are the type of things that could, frankly, could kill a deal. Time kills all deals if it's not handled well. Here's another example. So, mm-hmm. and we weren't involved in this deal. We may, we could be involved in it shortly. We had a, a potential client decide to do the deal on their own without an advisor. We're there, as you represented, to kind of handle that emotional aspect so we can deliver to the buyer. So keep the conversations going in a way that everybody wants to get this deal to close, right? So in this situation, they started due diligence back in almost a year ago. And they're still talking about it. It's still, and, and, and he called me up the other day, just before the holidays and said, I, 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 I hate these guys. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. so I said, so that's they were excited about it back in back in right. February March and here we are in December and I it's gone from this this is a great deal for the company to I hate these guys becomes right? a, becomes a headache becomes, the, the time well it, it it just think about forget about the transaction mm. you still got to run a business right and if all this stuff is coming up right without someone like us working with you how are you running your business day to day and still, still, still trying to get a deal done nine months, 10 months later. It's to me, it's the stress anxiety level on a business owner, on his or her own to try to do that when you have issues coming up that you're not, it's not your, it's not what you do for a living, right? You sell products, you sell services, you manage people, you don't deal with on a daily basis all this stuff. 
related to a transaction. You've never likely been through it before, so it's all new to you. So our job is to kind of manage that. So if you're 10 months into something and you spent 10, 20, 30, even 40 years building a business and you're coming to the table and you hate these guys, do you really want to do a deal with them? Right? You know, it's like, right? The question is, after all this and all the fees spent, and then of course, what happens? Your business starts to suffer. So remind our listeners, please, Keith, how they can get in touch with you to start the conversation. Well, thanks, Dave. And thanks, everybody, for listening today. It's greatly appreciated. My name is Keith D. I'm president of Osage Advisors. I can be reached at 860-767-3273, extension 1001, or shoot me an email at kdee at osage, O-S-A-G-E, advisorswithaness.com. Or check us out on the web at uh, osageadvisors.com. And uh, appreciate everybody listening today and look forward to hearing, seeing you guys next time. Pleasure from my end as well, sir. And I'm glad your 2021 is going well so far. We all could use that change, but I'm glad you're busy. And as a reminder, check out this entire library of podcasts because there are all kinds of topics covered by Keith. It's called The Ins and Outs of Selling a Business for a Reason. Keith covers so many topics in this series. Subscribe to us, please, on Apple Podcast, And check us out on Spotify, pod617.com. Or as Keith mentioned, best place to go, osageadvisors.com to learn about Keith. On behalf of Keith, this is producer Dave from the Boston Podcast Network saying thanks for listening to the ins and outs of selling a business.